Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be continuing our World Showcase series. Yep. Right in the heart of uh, Scandinavia. I don't know if it's the heart of it, but it's kind of sort of like the, how would you describe that part of Scandinavia? It's kind of like the whole thing is just kind of like a, a big ligament. Yeah, it's you know? not really a center. I know. Um, I don't have a map up in front of me, and I feel like I probably should in this case, just so I can I can know. But uh, Norway, we're talking about Norway today. You and sure? there is Denmark and Sweden and Iceland and Norway. And, um, you know, Disney was like, we're going with Norway. So I'm sure you're going to fill us in on why that that's the case, I hope. I sure am. All right, cool. So joined with us today is Kirsten Judkins. Uh, she is back on the show for the second time. We are so excited to have her back to talk with us about the Norway Pavilion, give us uh, give us her insights, and um, yeah, welcome back to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Thanks for inviting me back. It must have meant that my first time wasn't too terrible because I got invited back, right? <laughs> no, it was great. That's like our most downloaded episode. <laughs> Oh, well, it was so fun to be on it. I love you guys' show, and I'm excited to get to talk about Norway, the Norway Pavilion. That's that's my favorite, so this will be a fun episode. Yeah, before we jump into it, um, I, we're going to obviously ask you about promoting stuff at the end, and we'll link to you and everything, but how is your uh, shop going? I know when we talked, you were working on a website, and you had some stuff going. Like, how has that, that been? Yeah, it's been great. I kind of, um, you know, when I came on before... I was kind of talking about my like relaunch. I kind of redesigned a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of funny as as an artist and as like a shop owner, you do stuff and then you're like, oh, this is what really resonated with people. You know, this is what what really like found the target. And so when I kind of found that like vintage and minimalism was really the target that everyone loved it worked out great for me because that's like what i love awesome. and so yeah i've just been going down down that road and now i'm prepping for christmas so that's the next big thing can't wait well you will definitely be getting a big order from us when that's released so we're excited christmas is the best in mm -hmm. in every so i'm i'm always looking forward to christmas and making christmas stuff and we love your christmas stuff well, Christmas reigns supreme in everything. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> All right. So you let's talk a little bit about Norway. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you remember your first trip to World Showcase? I do. So the thing that's funny, I know I mentioned this on when I was on the show before, but I'm I'm from Seattle, live in Seattle. Um, and so I'm like a Disneyland person. You know, Disneyland's where I always went. And I remember when I went to Disney World, I was in, I think, the sixth grade, fifth or sixth, I think sixth grade. And it was like, oh, th this isn't Disneyland. You know, this is so big and grandiose. And I remember going to the pavilions and I don't think it's there anymore. But on that, like the water, you know, that it's around, um, there was like a restaurant. I think it was an ESPN zone. I don't I don't think that exists anymore, but we like took a boat out to it and went there. And I remember just looking at all the the pavilions and it was like, holy cow, there's a lot of these. You know, you go through a couple 
and then they just keep going. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the other question that I've been asking a lot of our guests before we dive into the history is, do you have any specific memories from the Norway Pavilion? You know, I feel like I don't have any like specific, like very, you know, like pinpoint. Um, but the Norway one was always fun because my family is Norwegian. And so that one was like a special one. And actually the town that I live in is like founded by Norwegians. It has a huge Norwegian heritage. The downtown is all like in a Norwegian style. And so it's just like a very, that one was always like, oh, it kind of feels like home a little bit, you know, all the architecture and everything. So I feel like that just was a fun one because it felt very um, kind of intimate in that way. That's cool. awesome. Can I give an amendment real quick? Sure. I forgot Finland and the Faroe Islands. <laughs> so I just wanted to apologize for that. And also it's on the um, kind of left-hand side, like uh, on toward more toward the West. So correct the West of Scandinavia. Yep. All right. It's Iceland and Greenland mm -hmm. in the middle of the water. Yeah, yeah, carry on. Yep. <laughs> well, well, all you from Finland are going to be offended that you didn't add them right away. Uh, I have a suspicion we don't have too many. And if we do, um, flow. <laughs> They'll forgive hey, you. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into the history of the pavilion. Um, the Norway pavilion actually did not open on opening day. It opened June 3rd, 1988, with a soft opening on May 6th. And it is actually the most recent pavilion to be added to the World Showcase. That's interesting. I didn't the know official... that. official... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just was saying, I didn't know that. That's super interesting. Yeah. When we started doing this World Showcase series, um, I didn't realize that there were only two pavilions yeah. that opened after opening day. So it was Morocco in 85. And, and then, then Norway. Norway in 89, you said? 88. 88. 88. Um, so the official opening on June 3rd was actually broadcast live to Norway. By Harold V of Norway. He was the crown prince at the time. And he's been the king of Norway since 1991. So he dedicated the pavilion in person in sort of an opening ceremony. They had a pre-recorded When You Wish Upon a Star with a live choir, a marching band, dancers. They also released red, white, and blue balloons, which are the colors of the Norwegian flag, from the top of the Maelstrom building. Um, that ride didn't actually open till July, and we'll talk about that history in just a few minutes. Um, and then there was a grand fireworks display at the end. So it was originally set to be a Nordic pavilion with elements from various Nordic countries. As Stephen mentioned, a lot of these like Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Greenland, etc., but after consulting with three different countries, some investors in Norway specifically came up with the $30 million needed to make its own pavilion um, just for Norway. And then Disney paid the other third of the construction cost. Now, Disney owns this pavilion entirely now as the stakeholders or the investors mm -hmm. sold their portion to Disney for $26 million in 1992. So they ended up losing a little bit of money. By selling hate, their rights back. I hate when that happens. Yep. But this actually benefited 
the country of Norway in some pretty big ways when they opened the Norway Pavilion in Epcot, which I've never once thought about in my life. But since nearly as many people visit Epcot as live in Norway, the government thought it would be a really good promotional tool for the tourism industry. And then the federal government of Norway continued to contribute about $200,000 in U.S. money annually for five years to help fund the pavilion, even after the investors had pulled out. Um, And then they renewed it in 1997. But the government stopped their payments in 2002 against recommendations from their American embassy because it really was helping their tourism grow. Interesting. I feel like... um... I feel like it it is in in country's best interest to invest in their pavilions. So like on our um, Morocco pavilion episode, for instance, um, that came out a few weeks ago, we talked about how like, you know, um, the the government was very hands on and how it was, you know, portrayed and everything like that. Um, But the thing is, like, if you have you have so many people coming to Epcot. And so like if, for instance, um, trying to think of a Norwegian company, but like, uh, you know, if, if like, well, okay. So like, uh, uh, Twinings for instance, right. Like if they completely sponsored and helped with the England pavilion or United kingdom, rather like that would make total sense because it would help them with eyeballs on their product and association with Disney and good memories. So, I mean, there's so much like corporate, there has been in the past anyway, so much corporate sponsor, uh, ships with Disney that you almost feel like they would want to do more of it. Um, even beyond the government, but, you know, I know I'm just thinking like from more of like a financial ROI perspective, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So if either of you had a guess, how, what percentage do you think the tourism in Norway saw an increase of in just the first year after the pavilion opened? Hmm. I'm going to go, I'll go 25%. I was literally my first thing in my head was twenty seven. Okay, well you're hundred to seven hundred percent. Wow. Oh. Okay, I was at first my thought was maybe fifty, and I'm like, no, 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 that's way too. High. That's like crazy. That's nuts. So nope, that kind of tracks because um, did you notice how Iceland became popular when Instagram started becoming way more popular and people could see pictures Since, of it? Yeah, and everyone wanted to get the same photo of the same thing. Yep. Yeah. So people that would crazy. go to Epcot. 500%. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that Norway, you know, because obviously, like you guys were talking about, you know, Scandinavian countries, a lot of them are, you know, kind of similar, have similar culture. And so the fact that Norway would be singled out that way, um, I can see why that then people are like, oh, that's cool. You know, if I'm going to pick a Scandinavian country. I'll pick the one that I'm maybe more familiar with now because of Disney. So that was pretty smart on their part to uh, pay to have that put in. Right. Right. As I was doing this research, it was kind of mind blowing to me because when I think of the other pavilions, you know, like Mexico or Canada or the UK, I'm like, there probably already were a ton of U.S. tourists that went to those places. Right. Right. Because it was convenient and people know a decent amount about what the country's like. But when I think about those Scandinavian countries, I didn't really know a ton about them, you know, as a kid or even as a young adult. I mean, we've been to Iceland one time. Right. But 
I don't have a ton of knowledge about these countries. And so where is my introduction to Norway? Epcot. Right. And this was, you know, pre-Frozen, so. I know. Now, like, every... I know Frozen, Frozen really gave uh, Norway a boost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would like to know what those travel statistics have been over time since this pavilion opened. Oh, yeah. Like from when it opened in 88 to like mm-hmm. today. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that would sure. be interesting data to that know. Be interesting. But that wow. isn't like a, you know, travel data show. So we'd have to come up with that later and maybe start another show about <laughs> like the historic and economic um, uh, consequences of, of travel based on popular attractions around the United States and television shows and pop culture. That is something. That sounds thrilling. That is something we could do. That is. <laughs> I don't think I could say as many jokes on it. Probably but, not. And yeah. we'd have to master like a National Geographic voice mm-hmm. to do that show. I mean, we could just do our own voices for it, but I just don't know how I would market it necessarily. I don't think people would be nearly as interested um, unless I pulled like a Roman Mars. But I don't think that's going to be any I think good. we would just have a different audience yeah, completely. This is, this is nothing. So. <laughs> yeah, you would have a lot of people who love data. That, yes. that would be for sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> That'll I it'll be your side um hobby on top of your side hobby. So oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> need a podcast on top of it. Right. Yeah. If I ever did another podcast, it would require zero research and it would just be me sitting down with someone and talking. But like that's the last thing we need is another cluttered, <laughs> you know, white guy podcasting about nothing. <laughs> just to just to be transparent. Well, hey, we'll take the Disney. I'm into that. Right. There you yes. go. All right. So the main design of the pavilion, as we know, is set to look like a Norwegian village. It includes a detailed stave church, which is super common throughout all of Norway and actually throughout a lot of Europe. Um, These were really common during medieval times. They're made out of wood. And there's thousands of these churches throughout Europe. This particular church in the Norway pavilion is a four-fifth replica of the Gol stave church in Norway. And inside of the church in the Norway Pavilion, there is like an exhibit that has rotated through the years. So prior to the God of the Vikings exhibit, it was like the making of Frozen or something. I believe that it's been the gods of the Vikings since just before COVID at least. Um, But that was the one that we saw when we went last year. Hmm. And um. We do get some subtle Marvel nods, technically, even though we don't have the Marvel rights here on the East Coast, um, because Loki, Odin, and Thor are Norse gods, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're not allowed to have real Marvel, but we do have the lore from these gods, Loki, Odin, and Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten, I know that you are a Marvel fan too, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, that's the other boost, right? They got Fro Norway has Frozen and they have Thor. So right. you know, they're kind of cleaning up. Yes. You know what's wild? If you Google like the origins of Thor, Stanley shows up. Yeah. And Jack Kirby and uh Larry Liber. So I think that Google thinks that Thor is just a Marvel character and mm-hmm. not a real fake person. A real fake person. <laughs> You know, unless people actually that's their one true God, then I, who am I? But um, 
Yeah, I like that area. I think it's cool. They have the cool statues and everything in mm -hmm. there. It's really neat. And it's not Marvel heavy. It's just like lore heavy. Correct. Which is nice. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. Deep Cut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint, suitable for any space. Every last detail was considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab, to the hand-welded brackets, to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby, this is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys, and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. Um, there are also four different architectural styles that are showcased throughout the pavilion to represent different areas of the country. I don't know how to pronounce these words, as we've said on many of our episodes thus right. far. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to try my best. I have zero Scandinavian mm -hmm. background, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to try. Shoot from the hip. Do it. Uh, Satestal style is like a more of the rough woodsy look with log cabins and the roofs that are covered in grass or moss or um, plants. And then the Bergen style is more of the gabled windows on wooden buildings. Mm -hmm. The Oslo style, which is, you know, the capital city of Norway, um, are the surrounding walls. Of the castle. And then Alessund is more of the white stucco with stone trim style. So if you look around the Norway pavilion, you'll see sort of four distinct styles from four distinct different areas yep. that you would find in the country. By the way, you nailed the pronunciations. I, I, thank you. I really think you did a great job. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the affirmation there. You're so welcome. Sorry, you said the church was four-fifth scale? Yes. Why? Just... Go the ex. I mean, I guess I can understand like space, but like just you're already most of the way there. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want it to be too tall. I guess. Yeah. I wonder how tall it is, but it's just. I wonder if it's like the ratio of like how high the trees are or how high everything else is. Maybe. Maybe to make it look proportional. Yeah, that that very well could be. I mean, I know that Disney always has like tricks up their sleeves for force perspective. I just like we know that, you know, for instance, the Eiffel Tower in France is one tenth scale. Um, I just don't understand why. Um, yeah, you, I don't understand why it's four fifths. It's weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird that it's if it's so close that you wouldn't just do it. But mm -hmm. but yeah, and I know sometimes there's things about like the permitting, like I know tower of terror you know that's like one foot under the the limit of where you have to have the raid or the yeah light or yeah so I wonder if some of it is maybe like permitting or something but that would be I, interesting 
but it doesn't look like it's 200 feet. And it doesn't matter. I'm Googling no, it sure. and I can't find anything. I just, I think it's funny that they did that. Yeah, I don't know. But there's a reason, I'm sure. Disney's, you know, Disney's very specific in their, in their reasonings. Yes, they are. That could right, be so on your data podcast. There you so go. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. We'll just throw that in. That would fit well on the data podcast. Yeah. So before I jump into the attraction history, Stephen, I know you never rode Mails- Road Maelstrom. I did not, no. Because it closed in 2014. So it closed um, in yeah. October of 2014. Yeah. And we went for the first time in April of 2016 together. That was my first time Correct. Disney World. Yep. No, 2017. Excuse me. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Kirsten, did you ever get to ride Maelstrom? You know, I was trying to remember, and I can't remember if I did. I'm sure I probably did, but I was only there one time before it closed. So okay. I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I, of all the times I've been to Epcot, I even texted my parents because I was like, did we ever ride this? I don't have any memories of it. I watched a YouTube ride through to see if it would like spark anything. And I was like, this doesn't look familiar other than just what I've seen about the attraction. Um, But when I asked my parents, my dad was like, I don't know that we did the ride, but we went in the shop several times every time we would go to Epcot. And we tried to eat at the restaurant several times, but just never were able to get a reservation. Um, mm. So I think we may have just skipped the attraction. Yeah. The ride kind of kills, though. Like I was watching YouTube videos of it, and it, it looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, it's very popular. People were incredible. sad when it Yeah, and it, it was overly. I don't know if you wanted to talk about the ride now or if you want to go into it later, but I, I just, um, I almost, it almost seems to me like it was better than the frozen ride because we have ridden the frozen ride it's fine it's good uh but after seeing maelstrom i am i'm almost thinking you know maybe that was a mistake perhaps yeah so let's talk a little bit about the history of it because it's sort of funny i didn't really know some of this okay so maelstrom opened july 5th which was about a month after the pavilion itself opened because of as the disney executive said unspecified problems aka glitches in the ride so some of these glitches included riders getting soaked during the storm scene and sometimes thrown out of the boat okay that sounds kind of like a feature not a bug but whatever which this actually happened to a norwegian tv reporter incredible when he was testing the ride on the opening day (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my god the pavilion Incredible. You know, if they would have opened it a day earlier on July 4th and it was throwing people out of the ride, that's like so American to just, you know, do that. So maybe they should have stuck with the original original version and just opened up on, on our good Independence Day. I just couldn't believe that they made a ride that was throwing people out of That's fantastic, though, huh? I feel I like out of any ride, at least it's that one. Cause yeah. And I love that it's the reporter out, but you know, Norwegians, they're hardy people. So yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Those are long winters up there. Yeah. You know, descended from Vikings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're like, whatever. Yeah. It was a fun ride. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he probably <laughs> reported and said it was great. He's yeah. like, just like grandpa used to do. That's um, what their tourism, that had to be it. That was yeah. it. 
That was what got him. Um, the interesting thing, too, about Maelstrom, it also had several firsts for Disney, um, two of which included it was the very first backwards ride for Disney and the first audio animatronics in a black light environment. Um, the boats for the attraction were also some of the last work done by Imagineer Jack Fergus. I don't know how to say his name. Mm -hmm. Um, before he retired, and he was known as the nickname Tiny, even though he was six foot six. Okay. So, <laughs> good old irony. Mm -hmm. um, Funny. The attraction was originally supposed to be called Sea Venture, and it was more of like focusing on the mythological. It was a water flume where you would encounter trolls and gnomes trying to make their way to the Rainbow Bridge. And they actually had asked the Sherman brothers to come in and write a song for the attraction. Oh, nice. Now, the investors heard the concept and were like, no way are we doing this goofy mythological thing. We want this to be more like a travelogue because we want to increase tourism. Like, this is all about what can Norway get out of this, too, mm -hmm. because they had seen such um, an increase and uh, an excitement about Norway um, from opening the pavilion. So they were like, let's make this into more of a history of Norway kind of thing where you would start and you'd see Vikings and you'd see all of this traditional history mm -hmm. and then work your way towards modern day Norway. Um, so that's what it ended up being. It was a slow-moving boat ride that went through Norway's past, including Vikings, polar bears, trolls, and an oil rig. Mm -hmm. And then there's a movie at the end of the attraction called The Spirit of Norway. Now, as we mentioned, um, this attraction did close in October of 2014 when it was replaced for Frozen. Womp womp. Why womp womp? I think people were just, I don't know if they were sad yeah. or if well, it was more of like the nostalgia thing for people. And it kind of almost seems like it was a, a cult classic in a way. Um, you know, kind of just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I've heard nothing but, um, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that, that it probably was something that, that people really felt an attachment to, kind of like Horizons, you know, like Horizons closed pretty early on. And I know that that's one that a lot of people wish that like would come back or that they could have, you know, kept on. Um, like imagine if Spaceship Earth shut down. I don't, I don't think people would be too happy. Yep. You know? I know. When I think Norwegians were sad because they had wanted this like realistic hey look at what our country's past yes. and history has been and we ended up making it about mythological and fictional storyline anyway right like they had originally right. planned but didn't do um so i think that probably was part mm -hmm. of it for people actually in norway right. who had wanted to see this representation well, and norway like frozen was was took inspiration from bergen norway so like that area with all those pretty houses that are lined up perfectly and not right on the water um so very much like a 
touristy kind of i mean it's gorgeous for sure and i shouldn't say touristy but it's it's very picturesque and stuff and so i can understand why that would take away from like the rich richer culture and storytelling um of of those of those proud hardy folks kirsten what are your thoughts about frozen and incorporating this in such a big way in the main attraction yeah it's i mean the thing that's funny is because i'm like I'm upper 20s now and I don't have any kids. And so I think a lot of people who like have especially a daughter or a son who love Frozen, that's like a special thing. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. I don't really like have an attachment to Frozen. I saw here in Seattle, like the stage show of it, you know, and I've seen at Disneyland, um, California Adventure, the, the Hyperion, they had the Frozen show which right now is Rogers show for Marvel. Um, But, you know, like Frozen didn't, it doesn't really have like an, you know, like Beauty and the Beast or the ones from the Disney's. Those are like my childhood. And I think then when it's your kid's childhood, that's special. But for me, I don't really like have an attachment to that other than it being Norwegian and my family's Norwegian. So that's like fun. But I don't know. I feel like some things... I'm okay with change at Disney. Like, I know some people are really purists. They're like, I don't want anything to change. I want it to be exactly the same. I'm not necessarily that way. Because I'm like, well, a lot of the things that we love now have changed. You know, like, that wasn't the original. Right. But then there are certain things that, like, in Disneyland, they're doing Splash Mountain is Tiana's Blue Bayou. And I'm like, oh, but Splash Mountain, you know, like, there's... Sure. There, So I think had I grown up on the East Coast, been to the Norway Pavilion, I think I probably would have been more like, I don't want it to change. But because it's not my home park, I'm like, well, a lot of people like Frozen. That's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but what about you guys? I know you have a daughter, right? So we were famously anti-Frozen for quite a while. Um, okay. Just something we never preferred. When we were dating, we went to go see it in theaters and... Uh, the minute that that Olaf started singing Summer, I was like, what fresh heck is this? Um, and we went out and I was like, that movie sucked. I didn't like it. Um, and anyway, now I watch it every single night with my daughter. And um, what we'll do is um, it's just kind of my like way of getting her to, to relax and get ready for bed. We'll go like sit and lay in our bedroom. I'll turn all the lights in our bedroom blue and we'll watch like the first or last half of Frozen every single night. Um, she loves it. It's one of her favorite films. Um, and so we have be- begun to love it now, too. We listen to the music all the time. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, it didn't do anything for me when I was 21, but now it does like everything for me now that I'm like in my 30s because my daughter loves it. So um, wow, I, we didn't even force it on her either. She just kind of started watching. I don't remember even how she got into it. She just loves it. And I think it was just one of those like we pulled up Disney Plus and we're like, which one would you like to watch? Mm-hmm. And she just clicked on it. And from the minute that she saw. She was like, this is it. I, I don't even know what it was. Like, mm-hmm. how does a one-year-old just like connect with a movie and decide it's their favorite? I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's her like favorite. Between that and Moana, she can sit and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do have one gripe about it, though, about the ride. So, I know where you're going. Where am I going? The animatronics. All the way over to Hong Kong? You bet I am. So uh, they do the awful thing that I, I really, it, it's like Disney Imagineering phoned it in, and it really sucks. 
they have the projections on the animatronics faces and yes it's more um, dynamic yes it's more expressive but the problem is that it looks like crap and they do it on seven dwarves mind train i know that they've done it on some other things as well um i think some of the i actually it's i think maybe an alice in wonderland they i know they do projections i don't know about on faces but um anyway i think it looks awful and um in hong kong they opened up uh, the frozen ever after ride and it is um, an exact replica in almost every single way except every character has a face that is animatronic with blinking eyes and a moving mouth and it looks like an animatronic and it smells like an animatronic and it feels like an animatronic and it's good because i don't want an animatronic with a projected face on it because that feels wrong and just stupid frankly like i i don't need to be forced into a I don't need to be forced into something where they're trying to convince me that it's real. Just like I know it's fake. So just give me the best version of something fake that you can. And don't I don't really want to see a projected face that's a different color on a on an animatronic body. Um, That's it. I hate it. I'm with you on that. I think it it's almost like. I don't know, a little disconcerting. It just because you look at it and you're like, this doesn't you know like in a when you go in small world you know and there's all the kind of creepy dolls let's be honest Mm -hmm. but you know you're like oh yeah it's like a doll it's a thing or you know pirates they're all animatronic but and it goes together but when you see something that is more um you know like a doll but then you see something high tech you're like this is just kind of weird like it doesn't right it's a supposition that i don't think works they, 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 Disney was able to blend it perfectly in, I think, Rise of the Resistance, where there are holograms um, with like Ray and in, in one of the prep rooms, and then with Kylo Ren and and Hux. Um, but then you have like on Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, you have um, Hondo, and he's an incredible animatronic, like one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and they're able to really get away with incredible animatronics like Rocket and um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, Cosmic Rewind Mission Breakout. Um, I was going to say Cosmic Breakout, and then I said the right thing on accident. So that was a, <laughs> no, that failed. Um, but anyway, I mean, they are able, they have the capacity to do outstanding animatronics. And I know, you know, maybe one of the concerns is that if it breaks or if something goes wrong, they can't, um, you know, they have to shut down the ride. And I know, like on on uh, on Navi's River Journey, for instance, um, if if the uh, if if the Navi's singing. Um, if she like breaks down, they can just lower her into the ground and you just go right past it. Um, you can't really lower Elsa into the ground so you can let it go and like the crescendo of the ride because that would just um, that would just be absolutely nothing at all. And it would be a huge ripoff to people that wait an hour plus in line for that ride. Um, I just think that I just think that that's a real disservice to the quality of Imagineering that we're used to. Like whenever those. Um, I think I think people are going to look back on the holograph era and treat it like, you know, like really look, look, look back on it with like real, you know, bad taste in their mouth. Well, and my question, too, is like it. What if the technology glitches on the ride and the animatronic is there, but then the face just has like an error message Uh, that's happened? Right. The, have you seen the, the the I don't remember which ride it was on, but they was, was like the blue screen. Making a minis death. run away, yeah, really. It was like the blue screen of death on um uh, a Windows computer. Mickey and Minis is the one that kind of gets away with it. Kind of. 
because the faces yeah. are already white. And so it's not like you're trying to match skin tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's different. But it totally reminds me of, you know, how in like the early 2000s, I always think of this when I watch Star Wars and I watch Clone Wars. And in the early 2000s, when it was like, we can CGI everything. So let's mm-hmm. just do it all. And yeah. you watch now and you're like, that looks awful because technology has obviously improved. And it's funny how everything went that way. And now it's kind of going back to practical sets and things like that. You know, we're only CGI in the background. And I feel like things mm-hmm. like that going to be the same, you know, that you end up going back to practical stuff because you're are like, you, it doesn't really look that great. Are you saying that Dexter Jester looked bad in his diner in uh, Attack of the Clones? Because I know, thought it was great. Think, as surprising as it may be, I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. I think the practical effects always, always, always outweigh digital. So, yeah. Yeah. Rides, otherwise, the ride's fun. I mean, it's a good ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, love, love seeing Olaf, you know, love going backwards. And I like fun. the backwards it's part fun. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's a fun, I mean, like I said, Frozen isn't my personal thing, but so many people love it and so many kids just love Frozen and Elsa. And so I think that it's fun that they have that. And it seems like a fitting place to do it. I mean, in the Norway Pavilion. So I, I'm actually like not, I, I'm not a purist in that regard that it's like, oh, that should be the same. So I think that's a fun addition for kids. I love that. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neo Sabers. Neo Sabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all other sales because they focus on providing high quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel saber um, and, and NeoSabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker saber and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now, 
They are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel NeoSabers lightsaber today. And now back to the show. Yeah, there's also only been two other main changes. Well, three kind of. Um, in 2004, so this was, again, after the investors sold their stake back to Disney, they started a princess breakfast at Ockershoes. That's my that best right, yeah. guess at how to pronounce the restaurant. Um, and part of part of the reason they did this was they really were trying to reduce the demand for Cinderella's royal table because mm-hmm. that was like the big thing was like go dine mm-hmm. at Cinderella's castle with the princess. Um, and so when they opened this in two thousand four, it was actually so popular. Mm-hmm. They had only done it for breakfast that they decided to expand it to lunch and dinner as well. And now it's a very popular princess dining spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the next change was in 2008. There used to be a Viking ship replica that was like a play area for kids. Um, it was there from 1998 to 2008. And they removed that. Evidently, there's like a rumor that it was a safety issue. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like the way that it was designed, yeah. kids were just falling or getting hurt or right. I don't, I don't know what forbid, it was. Being a Viking is safe. Yeah. Or dangerous, I should say. Well, but I guess if you put in something that is like, hey, kids, come play on this. Mm-hmm. And it's just made of like wood and metal. Yeah. And it's not a playground. I can understand. I yeah. I, I don't it. remember it at all. I have zero recollection yeah. of it. Um, yeah. I feel like vaguely remember it but i was i I, like i said i was in like sixth grade so i didn't ever play on it but i mean i think the idea of a viking ship is kind of cool it would be kind of cool if they brought something like that back in some form yeah i'm wondering if they could just do some sort of like big statue or a smaller replica ship made of stone or something i don't know just so people could kind of see and envision the grand scale of a Viking ship, even if it was shrunk down for people to see. They could put a hologram along the rocks. Perfect. That'd work. <laughs> Perfect. That would age super well. For sure just it like, would. Just like Dexter in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Love that big, saggy, saggy pants guy. Um, <laughs> all right. Um one so is that like that's like one of the only attractions there if, if not the only i mean there's the walkthrough and then that and that's kind of it's kind the, of what you get yeah the only other thing is the meet and greet opportunity mm-hmm. with anna and elsa and that is anna and elsa's royal summer house um it's based on an actual cabin from norway that was built in 1817 and guests can meet anna and elsa and you can actually find some callbacks to the maelstrom ride mm-hmm. while you're in line there so when you're in the queue be looking around and you'll see some little callbacks to the previous attraction so those are like the big things to mm-hmm. do and see in yeah. norway nice i love that yep let's talk a little bit about dining um kirsten have you ever eaten in norway yeah, I do remember um, getting like some stuff from the baker. I can't remember if it's a bakery or sit down, but they have, you know, like Lefsa and all the, you know, all. I mean, we have a Norwegian bakery here and grew up because my grandma was Norwegian. 
um, grew up eating a lot of Norwegian food, which is very bland and very like just like butter pastries because, you know, when you think about the location of Norway and it being on the water, it was all just mostly like fish. And then your stuff was just kind of like any sort of butter cookie or if it was really crazy, you might have like almond in it, which I yeah. have. Um, I think they have like some sort of a Kringle, don't they, there? That is like they have almonds on it. I think it's. Yeah. So it is like technically the Kringle Bakery. Um, and they have the sweet uh, Kringle with almonds, is what, yes. I think maybe what you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Yes, um, which is so good. I like And that. obviously, their big like showstopper is the school bread. Yeah. It's like what everyone wants. And uh, at certain times, he, 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 he's, he's completely slipped my name. The little, the little cute little fella on Frozen 2. What's his name? The little salamander? Uh, Bruni. Bruni. I always want to say, yeah, it's too close to Bruno. Um, he, he's, uh, there's a little like edible can little candy of him on top of the school bread sometimes on like yellow frosting. So it's, it's, yeah, they were able to kind of incorporate that. But the school bread is it owns. I mean, it is the bomb. I don't know that I've eaten in the Norway Pavilion ever. I, I don't have any memories of stopping there. The bakery is QSR. Mm -hmm. Um, they have, Sweet pretzels, pastry horns, flatbreads, school bread. They sell Viking coughing. You can even get beer there. Um, yeah, I I love a good bakery, but I don't know that I necessarily want to stop in Epcot on a hot day to get like a right. heavy pastry. Yeah. They need to have like well, a, um, no pun intended, like a frozen room, you know, like an actual cold room where you can go in and have hot glog. <laughs> And uh, eat your eat your um, troll horn as a go. <laughs> troll horn is a puff pastry filled with filled with horned marmalade cream. So I did not make that up. It's actually on their menu. But yeah, I think that, that if they did something along those lines, it'd be great. Yeah, that that is the funny thing. You know, obviously, a lot of the Norwegian food is pretty, you know, like a heavier, denser thing because it's cold there. And so, yeah, in the middle of Florida, you're like, I don't really know if I want like some Kringle on a day like today. Paige, they have a um, a lefse, which is a potato flatbread with butter, cinnamon, and sugar, and it's wrapped up like a like a taquito. It looks so good. I've seen those. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was called. That mm -hmm. sounds delightful, though. Yeah, uh, we need to go back and eat there. That's like very typical Norwegian. Like everyone eats lefse, which is really funny because my Norwegian family didn't love lefse. But like any Norwegian bakery you ever go to will always have Kringle, which mm -hmm. Kringle can like come in a lot of different forms. Sometimes it's in like almost a, like a cake, like a long cake. Yep. And then I think the um, Disney's like a pretzel type shape, isn't it? I think. Mm -hmm. But there's always Kringle and there's always Lefse. And Lefse is not my favorite, but people love it. That's like the staple. So I grew up, um, my family has Swedish roots in it. Um, my, great, my grandfather was full Swedish. And uh, we always grew up eating like Swedish pancakes, which is kind of, oh, they, look, they kind of looks I like them. It. But we would always eat them with like powdered sugar and like lemon. And um, I mean, those are so, I'm going to have to make those this weekend. Those and, are so good. And then roll them up. No, mm -hmm. That's a yep. Swedish pancakes are the best. They are super good. Yeah, why? I don't know why. Like, same with, like, Krumkagas. Norwegians apparently rolled everything. They were like, let's mm -hmm. just make it flat and then roll it up. I don't know why. 
kind of random. Easier to eat with your hands, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it makes them feel like they're smoking. <laughs> you know? You're like, that way you could like... You know, warmth. You could hold it up to your mouth like a joke cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I... When I picture, like, historically large Norwegian men, I can't imagine them holding a fork and knife to cut anything. So I feel like it was probably just a lot of handheld foods. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so when you make stuff and roll it up, they're just like, okay, I'm going to eat this. What is it called? Left say. Yeah. I'm just going to eat this without cutting it up. Yes, exactly. That's funny. Not Things that Elsa out because they're royalty, so they wouldn't know anything about that. They would not. It's really funny because um, in Frozen, uh, the scene when um, when um, uh, El Anna and Prince Hans are like after he proposes, and then they're and the they're at the uh, reception for um, for the coronation, and she's like talking about their wedding, and she goes, "Of course, we'll have sucrose and ice cream." And I'm like, "What is sucrose?" Like, what is that? Like, I'm, I'm trying to look it up. And she says, soup, comma, roast, comma, and ice cream. And I was like, oh, I guess soup roast isn't a, uh, or isn't like a Norwegian food that I just didn't know about before. Nope. She was just listing things with commas. Right. Really quickly. Yep. That's, That's and funny. that is why we have subtitles on our television at all times. There you go. And I love that she was like, you know what, let's have roast and then some ice cream. That seems to go together well. Not. Yes. Well, she's supposed to be, what, like 16, 17. So like what 16 year old wouldn't want to get married and have ice cream? I don't know. <laughs> true. That's very true. Um, one other cool thing about the bakery before I talk about the um, family style dining is that they the bakery has a sod roof, which I had mentioned before. Um, it's really common in Scandinavian cultures. And that's to reduce storm runoff and to keep inside those log homes. So that was one of the particular architectural styles that they were looking at. Um, so I thought that one was pretty cool. The, so the other dining is a sit-down dining option, and that's Akershus. Um, This is a princess dining opportunity, and it used to be a buffet, but now it's family style. Ever since COVID, I don't think they decided to go back because it works so well to do family style dining here. The building is actually based on the Akershus Fortress or Castle, which is in Oslo, Norway. Um, when you go inside and dine here, you have a photo opportunity with Belle at the entrance. And then some of the other princesses that you'll see while you're inside dining may include Ariel, Snow White, Aurora, Mulan, and Tiana. Um, one review that I was seeing was people were saying, like, it's a really nice spot to be able to meet five princesses in one hour. Um, so if you have kids and you want to enjoy good food, um, you get to sit down. It's family style. You don't have to get up. You just stay at your table and the princesses rotate through the different rooms. So instead of waiting in line for individual princesses all over Walt Disney World, go to a princess dining or something like this. And you'll have five different basically meet and greets while you're eating all within an hour um, getting to enjoy your food. Um, two things of note on this menu that I really enjoy when I go to Ikea is lingonberry sauce and meatballs. So it's not Sweden, but I do love the Swedish meatballs and lingonberry sauce. So I'm sure that's pretty similar. 
It's got to be exactly the same to Ikea's, right? Oh, I'm sure. Imagine. Hey, Ikea's got good food. I mean, pretty good. My family used to eat at Ikea once a week when we were growing up. Paige has this Ikea (laughs) hack. Paige has this Ikea hack where she starts backwards. Um, and she gets a, uh, like a $1 frozen frozen yogurt and then starts backwards first. And then when you're at the front of the store, you just go down the stairs and you're right back to the entrance again, essentially, or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's her, that's her little life hack. You're welcome. It works out good. Yeah. Then you don't have to just like find all the little shortcuts to go through. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, have you guys ever? at that place like have you done that with your daughter or anything before no so one of our big recurring themes of epcot and world showcase is that we don't really eat at the restaurants there except for two we've only eaten at two restaurants because we go during festivals and at festivals we gorge on everything else they have to offer so we need to fix that 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 definitely has to change at some point um but no that we have not eaten there yeah. yeah, our yeah, Epcot makes- philosophy is like eat every 30 minutes right. at a different stand. And so then we never want a full meal. Yeah. And I feel like that is true of Disney just a lot in general. Like you get some sort of a snack or a lighter thing and then and then like two hours you have another one, you know. So sometimes there isn't always like the sit down or now mm. you have to have reservations so far in yeah. advance. Right. You're like, I don't care. Our goal is is to never eat at the same place twice as, and as much as we can help it, um, just because there are so many options that um, even like uh, resorts, I, I don't really want to stay in the same resort twice if I can help it. So we'll eventually we'll um, get there. It just may take us a while. Here you go. Next time. Now you got a place to eat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this one sounds really fun <laughs> and it does. a lot less overwhelming than the one in germany yes the beer house in germany Ooh, yeah no thanks. which is like polka dancing and live music it's at communal style tables it's all it's like all steven's nightmare it's all too much yeah no so, i want usually when you eat at disney i always if i do have a sit down i'm like i want to sit and like get out of the heat and rest my feet and not have it be like crazy and noisy right, right. and overwhelming Mm-hmm. yeah no exactly it can be it can be too much like theme dining can be too much so i'm definitely uh <laughs> i can see how that would be um a little bit of an issue um what about shopping do you want to dive into shopping yes this should be pretty quick because it's just three interconnected stores and they're actually all named after animals um so you have the puffins roost you have the wandering reindeer and you have the fjording, which fjording means a small horse. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find things in these stores like hand knit wool goods, trolls. The most upsetting trolls you've ever seen in your entire life. You can also purchase trolls. No, that's what I'm saying. You can purchase the most upsetting trolls you've ever seen in yes. your entire life. And I like, the, big, I like the big one. The big one's cool. Yeah, you can get a photo op in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also obviously sell a lot of Viking gear and plenty of Frozen and Frozen 2 merch. Um, they also sell the very popular Nordic brand, Helly Hansen, Love which that. if you've ever seen um, like the Outdoor Z brand with the HH on it, that is Helly Hansen. Yeah. 
That's cool. They also have like a an area with some women's products that reminds me a lot of when we were at the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. Yes, the fragrance. You know? room. Right. It reminds me so much of that. Yes, me yeah, too. It's really nice. Yep. So a lot of the products actually sold at the Norway Pavilion are imported from Norway. So they have a lot of authentic products there that you can purchase. Um, so yeah, nothing crazy about the shopping. Um, the only other things about the pavilion that I wanted to note are that there are trolls all over the pavilion. Um, so if you look, you'll find little trolls kind of everywhere. And trolls in Norway are often used in like bedtime stories or they're used to like scare kids into behaving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, <laughs> parents uh, using the trolls, I guess, as a threat. Um, and then there are also two like wandering Vikings who are there for entertainment purposes. And also you can get your pictures with them. And then there's a hidden little statue thing it's not really hidden but if you look above the fjording shop there is a three-faced man i don't know how to describe that any other way <laughs> and it's actually a statue of sorts of king olaf haraldson mm -hmm. aka olaf the second um he can be seen as a three-sided face which represents um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost within Christianity because he converted many Norwegians to Christianity. So I want to put a little asterisk here because um, if you do any research about King Olaf II, it is very mixed in historians' views of his methods for converting people to Christianity. Um. Many people said he had really harsh tactics, mm. that he was super brutal, like Viking style, forcing people into Christianity. But also when he died in battle, his death evidently played a large role in the conversion of many people as well. So I'm not picking sides of if he was a good guy or a bad guy. I am neutrally saying that he can be found sure. in the Norway Pavilion. Um. And historians really do not agree at all on, like, if he even promoted Christianity in the traditional way that a lot mm -hmm. of other people in history have, or if it was more about, like, power and influence and violence than anything else. So just wanted to throw that out there so that nobody gets mad at us for saying that he's hate, a good guy who people converted people to Christianity. <laughs> um. A couple of quick things really quick about Norway that I find really interesting is, um, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but um, uh, they have a wooden carved little statue of Kristoff up on one of the walls. It's really cute. Um, uh, after it was created, an ice cutter Kristoff basically moved onto a facade where, you know, um, Frozen Ever After is um, right to the left of the interest, it's, it's entrance. And it's, it's, it's really fun. It's a really cute one. Um, and uh, it's actually a replica of like what you would see um, at Bergen, the woodcutter there. And the other thing, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, or if you were going to, so I apologize for, uh, for jumping in, but um, there is a, the statue of the girl running. Mm -hmm. you know, were you going to talk about that? I wasn't because there was so much to talk about. I know what to leave out and what to. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly drop this in. Um, Greta waits. Uh, it is a statue of her running and it is like one of, I know there's like some statues kind of around 
Disney World, but technically this is like one of the only third, like I think maybe like the third life size statue in the parks. Um, you obviously have Walt and Roy and, and some people will argue like, yeah, you have, you know, Neptune and stuff in Italy or, or there's some statues in, in Disney Springs. Um, but this is really cool because it is a uh, one of the very few life-size sculptures um, at Disney World and she's a marathoner. And what else is kind of cool about that is that because you have the um, Disney run Disney events going right through World Showcase, she's kind of there as like a, a trip paying tribute to that and everything. So um, I just thought it was kind of interesting because it, 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 that is something that you certainly would miss if you're not paying attention to it. And um, yeah. it definitely has an interesting, kind of an interesting story behind it. So, yeah, I must say running through World Showcase was my favorite part of doing my half marathon run Disney event um, because all of the cast members from the different pavilions came out to the front of their pavilions and were like clapping for us and cheering us on. So it was just really fun to see all of these people before their workday was started, before the park was open. Um, they were like out and cheering us all on and being excited about us doing the run. So that was one really vivid memory that I have is actually kind of running through that side of world showcase and um, seeing that you want to hear something super crazy about her just really sure. quick she um she won the new york city marathon nine times and wow. her record is two and a half hours for a marathon she died in 2011 but she was like yeah a legend i mean that's, that's not that's intense. the fastest person so like it's not that big of a feat to beat me in a race but she ran her marathons faster than I ran my half marathon. That's insane. Just saying. <laughs> so well-deserved statue. Well, wow. I've never run a marathon and I don't ever really plan to. So Paige, you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in our England episode, we talked about which who should have a statue out there. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of funny that this all wraps back around to that yeah. and that we actually do have a statue of someone who, um, you know, really... I mean, nine times, one nine times, unbelievable. I think New York. I think running the New York Marathon nine times is yeah. something that you should have a statue built for. That's so many people. Mm -hmm. So, like, what are the odds that she won it once? Like, yeah, alone nine pretty times. intense. That's amazing. Pretty cool stuff. Um, speaking of all of that, do we want to talk about really quick, like, if there's anything we would add or take away from? from That's exactly what I was going to end with. So we'll pass it over to you, Kirsten. Really quick, though, I did have one question for you guys that I was curious about. You mentioned that Nor the Norway Pavilion and the shopping has a lot of things imported from Norway. Is that exclusive to the Norway Pavilion or do a lot of pavilions have imported stuff? A lot of pavilions do have imported stuff almost That's exclusively. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember that specifically. Um, so that's really neat. I love that. Yeah, we've talked pretty much every episode about the authenticity factor that Disney has really strived for in these pavilions. And we really have focused a lot on the fact that they have cast members who are from those countries and that that really pays tribute to the authenticity. But I think also to be able to uh, help the, I mean, I don't know how much it helps the economy of those countries, but even just in what we've talked about in this episode and the tourism industry that they've really helped Norway with or by selling their products of people who are actually from Norway and are importing them to Walt Disney World to be sold. Mm -hmm. I'm sure every little bit of that counts. Um, 
yeah, so I think that really just plays into Disney's desire to help the countries as much as it is like bringing people to see Walt Disney World and Epcot. I think that really is a little nod to like, we actually care about your culture and your country and we want this to be an authentic experience for people too. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't fully realize that it was like in all of them. So that's really neat. I love that. So, you know, we obviously like to talk about things that we would add or take away. And I'm I'm feeling like um, as I look through, one of the things I try to look at before I get into it too much is like what Disney films took place in this country that we're looking at. And um, Frozen is pretty much it. Uh, there is Thor, um, Avengers, Captain America, the first Avenger. It was kind of in there. Um, it was mentioned in Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. Uh, but there is really no Norwegian um, Norwegian films from from Disney, and it would be a disservice. I don't, you know, I think to do anything from like other Scandinavian countries. So I don't believe that there were any other Scandinavian countries um, filmed in and for Disney or, or revolved around it. So, as far as what I would add, um, I think I would add, I, I think I would add in a sauna, just to kind of like play off of. Um, Oaken sauna a little bit. Wandering Oaken. Wandering Oaken's uh, sauna. Well, whatever. Um, anyway, and I think that that would be very funny. But I don't think I would want to go in a sauna in the middle of Florida. I also don't want to go in a sauna with a bunch of sweaty theme park people. It's true. Yeah. With their shoes on. Or their shoes I off. Agree. Worse. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone's feet. No, thanks. <laughs> I've been walking the park all day. Yikes. You know what I will say about our ad changer takeaway question is this to me really feels like the only pavilion that I'm like, I think it's great as is. I was going to say, like, I was kind of joking about the sauna thing, you know, but masterpiece, um, absolute masterpiece of a pavilion. I, I was not expecting at the beginning of this series to be like, oh, yes, Norway is the best one. It's perfect. It's got everything it needs. But it has a great attraction Mm -hmm. that pulls in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's got a meet and greet for families. It has good shopping with an authentic experience. You get some history with the exhibit. It's got good food with both character dining and a QSR. Good shopping. I know. It's not over the top and, you know. Yeah, it might be. It might be the perfect pavilion. That's so good. Yeah. Only thing I would want to see there, which is just like a random thing, but I think it would be so cool if they had like a snow machine that just like made it snow in the evenings in the winter or something. That would yeah. be like fun. Not that that's realistic, but that would be fun. Well, don't they do bubbles? I think sometimes so- they do bubbles. Yeah. Uh, uh, bubble nemesis. I like, I don't know why. Okay. Like, you know, wow. Tell us more. In Disneyland, it just drives me crazy. Like, yeah. The bubbles. I don't know why. I just don't like them. I don't like bubbles. Sorry, children of America. <laughs> so let's get this straight. You hate Frozen and you hate bubbles. I'm assuming it's a good thing you said you like Christmas. Otherwise, I'd be worried. Um, I know. But my, the bubbles, man. Like, I don't know. I would rather have snow than bubbles. My like, only concern with snow is you're like making your way from Mexico, not a care in the world, and you slip on ice or something and just <laughs> you know, crack your head open, which would be well, awful. Then you can go to Germany and get your beer at the pavilion and you'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. Right. 
Um, I think this yeah. soap is what they use in the Frozen sing-along show mm-hmm. in Hollywood Studios. And I think soap is what they use at Christmas time on Main Street. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. I think so too. So perhaps they could do something like that where it's not bubbles. But it's <laughs> just like little, you know, soap shooting out from above the building. I don't know. I, I, think years to your I bet I bet Disney World is just dying for my opinion on that. So yeah. you know, well, I'll you never it. know. Uh, Norway is actually the only shop that I've ever bought um, the Mickey, uh, the little Mickey pen. Yes. Where it it's Mickey's head with the flag behind it. Um, that's Whoa, the yeah. only Norway's the only because I, I was like, this is as close to Sweden as I'll get. So, yep. um, well, very cool. Um, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show. Before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you. Um, if you have Disney Plus, what is your current uh, icon on there? Right now, my icon is Ahsoka, which obviously happy, happy Ahsoka day. day. Uh, yes, I'm. By the so, way, we're filming on the day that Ahsoka comes out, so mm-hmm. I my evening blocked out for that. I'm so excited, but she's my current icon. What about you guys? What's your icon on Disney Plus? I just changed mine to Remy like two days ago. Because we were talking about Ratatouille and I just changed it. But before that, it was um, Din Djarin. Ah, uh, classic. Are you familiar with the children's show Bluey? She probably hates it, Paige. <laughs> I am familiar with it. I, I do. I know it sounds weird since I said I hate bubbles, but I do teach art classes to kids. Maybe that's why I hate bubbles, but they all love Bluey. So I hear a lot about Bluey. I know there's like the blue one, there's the pink one. Oh, yeah. Orange one. Oh, we, that's right. Okay, yeah. Gotta it's get, okay. That's okay. You're good. That's right. you're, you're good. Um, so I am you're mom, which is the mother. And uh, yeah. Okay. So we, as soon as I found that there were bluey icons, I changed it real quick. But I used to be... Uh, you were um, you were the Scarlet Witch for a while. Yes. And then before that, you were... I don't remember who you were. I was were. Gabriella from High School Musical. Yeah. All right, Kirsten. So, where can people uh, where can people find you? And 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 is there anything that you want to promote or talk about before we wrap things up? Um. Yeah. I mean, this like I mentioned earlier, Christmas stuff will be coming in October, so that's fun. I also, have some new jewelry coming out, like charm bracelets, new charms for existing charm bracelets, stuff like that. Um, coming out uh, Labor Day weekend, so that's coming out, and you can find my stuff on Instagram. Or on um, my website, which is KirstenJudkinsDesign.com or on on Instagram. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, we will be sure to link to all of your stuff um, in our show notes. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Everyone, thank you so much for listening, for all your support. Uh, We just want to say thank you to our incredible sponsors, Neosavers, and and our good friends over at DeepCut. Uh, you can get 10% off your first purchase on their website using the code TPA10 at checkout. As always, you can find us on the parksacademypod.com as well as the Parks Academy. Uh, on Instagram, we're most uh, active and, and doing all of our stuff over there typically. Um, we're going to be coming back next week with uh, the Mexico Pavilion wrapping things up. And you're not going to miss this one. It's going to be a lot of fun too. So thanks again, everyone. And we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.